Welcome to the Law of Attraction in Action podcast. My name is Michelle Joy, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm here to inspire you to live amazing lives through the Law of Attraction and help you see how powerful you really are. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews, and I will give you inspirational talks on my Monday session. So thank you so much for joining me, and happy manifesting! Welcome to Love Attraction in Action. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. My name is Michelle Joy and I am your host. And today is my Soulmate Saturdays where I get to have you learn about amazing couples all over the world who have manifested their soulmate and they're here to inspire you with in you that you can also attract your soulmate. So I always ask really juicy questions. And one thing that I have to say, Julia is a very good friend of mine. She and I are actually in a mastermind. So we're very well connected, but Julia does amazing things with relationships. So at the end, she will give you ways to connect with her because she helps people in relationships. Like this is her gig. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Julia Antoine. What I want to learn first, what people are really curious about, and the whole reason I do this show, guys, is so many people who are looking for love, and they sit there and go, well, I heard about the soulmate stuff, but I don't know if, it's, if it, it can happen. I don't know if it's for me, or I don't know if it's possible, and they doubt, 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 and I had moments like that when I was single where people would tell me, oh, Michelle, there's no good men out there. You know, they're either gay or married, because I was in my late 30s when I was single, and I had two kids. I'm like, is this even possible? So I just kept reading stories, hearing stories of soulmate love. And so that's why it's so important that we share these stories with people. So, and I know Julie, you've been through a lot. So we may start with you as far as how did you, well, how did you meet Antoine and what did you do to the path it took for you to get here? Cause you've had quite an intense path. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. And I just want to say, I'm super, super happy to be here and so excited to be here with my honey and talking about this. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Definitely. Um, and you know, we met on OkCupid, so we met online. And I just like to tell people, I know people have very mixed experiences with online dating. And I think that it really has everything to do with your vibration. And when you are ready, I really believe the universe can work through any avenue. So I could have Absolutely. had a difficult experience on OkCupid, but I didn't. <laughs> I met my soulmate on OkCupid. Um, we're like a walking advertisement for them, I swear. You know, but it was definitely a long road to get there. I've had boyfriends probably since I was about 12 years old with very little gaps in between. So always been kind of this very monogamous, um, you know, somewhat anxiously attached uh, person. And, you know, I found a lot of safety and actually addiction a little bit in, in my love or romantic relationships because I did have a very abusive childhood, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. And there was something about having uh, a man by my side, you know, or a boy, depending on the age, that, that helped me to feel safer and more secure within myself, you know? And I, I felt a lot of shame about that for a long time, you know, because everybody tells you like, 
well, God, I mean, can't you just be okay on your own? And, you know, I, I think it's really important to look through the lens of trauma when we're looking at relationship patterns. And I'm a developmental theory expert. I have a master's degree um, in that subject. And, you know, it's really true that our early childhood experiences shape our adult patterns in relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a big part of my journey had to do with that, you know, for me personally, from working with children to, really going inside and doing my own inner child work, you know, doing a lot of healing work um, to repattern from the trauma that I had. You know, we have these equations in our brains, love equals loss, love equals anxiety, you know, love equals longing, love equals abuse. And when we have those beliefs, as you know, you talk about this all the time, those, those beliefs, they, they really, um, whew, they can send us some mirrors that are, you know, not so pleasant sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what I was able to do is really use those mirrors, use the triggers that would come up inside of relationships. I had some very abusive relationships. Um, I've had the whole gamut of experiences really, but really using those triggers to, um, to go inside and find those little girls inside of me that were hurt and that were crying out for my love and support. I made a promise, Michelle, to myself that I wasn't going to abandon myself anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and what that looked like for me was that no matter how I felt, I was going to stay with me. And my biggest fear in relationships was abandonment, you know, mm -hmm. um, despite all of the pain that came inside of a relationship, the loss was even a, a greater pain. I remember one time you were talking, I think this is the talk that I first met you at because I, I met you at a, um, a networking event and you were the speaker, which you're amazing, amazing. But one thing that you said is at one point you, or maybe it's on my podcast, I don't know, but somewhere you talked about where, you know, if a guy wouldn't text you back, you would lay in a ball and you would feel yeah. devastated because, you know, so many of us who were single went through something similar. Yeah. And so I just wanted to point that out because Julia, of all people, you get it. You get that I feeling do. of like, I want love and where is it? And why don't you love me? And, you know, yeah. it's, to go I mean, through that is hard. It, it is so challenging. And I feel like, again, there's kind of this shame around it. So people don't talk about it as much, you know, because we're supposed to be like strong women that are, you know, fully loving ourselves and da 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 da, da. Attachment wounding is not a moral, you know, thing. It's mm -hmm. not something that we can think our way out of it's just it's something that is actually programmed into our bodies so what happens for someone who is anxious in relationships is that when they perceive that ab abandonment might happen actually their nervous system is registering that as i might die mm -hmm. you know as it, you know the connection if we experienced inconsistent connection or harmful connection in early childhood, there is actually that um, biologically wired response of, of I, I, my, my survival is threatened, right? Mm -hmm. Because our parents, our caregivers, they're responsible for everything about what we need 
in order to survive. And so the reason I'm speaking into this is that if any of your listeners are, are relating and they feel shame around that, or, oh my God, I'm never going to find a partner because obviously I'm too messed up and I'm too desperate or whatever. Right, right. That's not the case. What was the turning point for me was actually releasing the judgment of those parts of good that's excellent the judgment is what holds you there if we continue to judge ourselves, that just will keep manifesting that same form it's 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 an acceptance of all of our messiness because our soulmate is not going to come in and go i'm sorry you're too messy for me i mean that's not the case No. (laughs) no but but if we have that belief that you know oh my god i'm a lot that was my belief. like i'm so much and it's hard to it's hard to be in a relationship with me like i'm really messed up you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a turning point actually where a friend of mine said, you know, Julia, what if you, what if you instead chose to believe that you could find a partner who could be with you through anything mm-hmm. and just hold you through anything? And I was like, wow. I mean, it was like mind blown, but something about the, when she said that to me, I I was already doing this deep work that I'm, you know, that I'm uh, mentioning here. It it just created this shift. And I started to think about it in those terms. Why wouldn't I have somebody like that? Like, why couldn't I, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm capable of loving someone like that. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I be capable of being loved like that? You know? So one thing, Julia, that I love is all that you went through, you were still able to find a space to attract something like Antoine. So tell us about when you got online and I mean, how long were you online before you met him? Um, maybe about six months, something like that. And during those six months where you were doing the work or I'm sure we're always doing the work, right? It's not like an I ever was, ending yeah. thing. I definitely was. Yeah. But I did not go on a lot of dates. You know, it was not something where I was going out a lot with a bunch of people. Not There's nothing wrong with that. That just wasn't what was happening. I just, I remember a lot of the profiles were kind of boring and didn't really strike me. And Uh I I remember exactly where I was. I was in my car, just kind of flipping through my phone and um, Antoine's profile popped up. And not only did I think that he was adorable, but there was just something about what he had written. Everybody else's responses were so generic. It felt like to me, like, what do you value? Oh, I love, you know, my family and watching football and you know, drinking beer, it was like, just not really what I was looking for. And Antoine's answers were like, you know, creative expression and connection and free thinking and just really cool. And he was an artist. And uh-huh. so, you know, I actually messaged him and that's one of those things. I did everything they say not to do pretty much. You know, uh-huh. that's one of the things a lot of the experts say don't do, especially as a woman, you know, you're supposed to kind of just be in the receiving mode. But I was like, F it, you know, he's cute. Uh-huh. He seems cool. I'm just going to reach out. And so we started messaging and the rest is history. So Antoine, now we got to hear about your side of the story. Where, where were you at before you met Julia? Um, I have trauma of being uh, uh, an other or uh, an outsider. I've always gravitated towards that because I thought that I had to. So where I was at was um, just some place I've always been. It wasn't, I wasn't in a particularly new place. I wasn't in a healed place. I wasn't, I wasn't doing bad, but mm-hmm. I wasn't doing good. It's mm-hmm. just, I think my curiosity was at an all time high because where I was at in my life, I was at a place where I had hit a pinnacle 
of mine, um, a goal of mine, actually. I had aspired to work at Tesla, the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, before I could be actual employee of, an, of Tesla, you have to be a temporary employee, which you're on uh, eggshells the whole time. So fast forward, fast track, um, I'm an employee of Tesla. I've seen Elon Musk. I've got to be at the meeting. I've got to shake his hand. Um, it was a goal. And uh -huh. once you, you know, once you get to a goal, your mindset kind of changes. Uh, we think that once we get somewhere that that is it and we're, we'll be complete. It's, it's couldn't be more opposite of that. Actually mm -hmm. on your way to getting towards your goal, you're, you then start to, uh, find out what you should have been looking for the entire time. And then once you get to that thing, then there's another thing. It actually mm -hmm. never stops. So there is no right. completion yeah. here. There is no, I'm fulfilled when this happens. So that's where I was at when I met her. I had already meet, met this, this goal of mine, right? Um, so I was in, then again, well, a job, Elon, you know, I wasn't living in the best place, but I had, I had things. I had money. It's like, well, I want something else. So my, my peak of discovery was at an all-time high. And I think that was more important than anything that was going on in my life. Mm. My car, my anything. It was this weird sense of like, I have, Next. yeah, because I don't have to get after this. I don't have to go after this goal anymore. So I was at a place of discovery. I was also in OkCupid. The job that I had before Tessa uh, is really, um, this really heavy set guy. Um, he's a, he's an awesome person, but we, we would call him little bear. I was his nickname at work and we used to tease him because he had a heart of gold and he was really nice. And he met his fiance on OkCupid. And he, one thing he'd always tell me, he was like, Antoine, do not give up on OkCupid. And I, I would ask him <laughs> why, sir, why must you insist on this one application? And he said, I'm telling you, just don't give up. So after I left that job, went to Tesla, I was still on OkCupid. I was on OkCupid for about two years um, mm. before I actually met Julia. So that, that's a little bit of how that happened. But you're in a high vibration. I just want to point out something real quick because in law of attraction, in order to attract, the best place to attract from is when you feel good. When you're, like you said, you're on the top of things and you felt this sense of, yeah, this feels good. And you're not thinking about, I need to attract this relationship. You're just feeling good. And then the universe goes, oh, you know what? I'm sure this Julie is something you've asked for, even on a subconscious level, right? We ask yeah. for that perfect partner by all our wrong partners because we have the wrong partners and we get the contrast. So like, well, that one didn't work out, but I know I do want that. So Julia was being manifested all these years. You were just in the perfect place. And well, thank God that guy said, okay, Cupid, I, there's no accidents yeah. there, right? Yeah, well, no accidents. Uh, it's, 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 I, I, have, I have to speak on this. It was uh, absolutely not... A perfect place it was a perfect place in well there's the sense no yeah not perfect yeah. but you still had some high vibration yeah. where, my, where my heart was and my my line of curiosity was was perfect mm. i was wanting everything new everything to rock my world i want everything to be like oh wow that's cool oh wow that's cool and julia <laughs> was one of those but my current situation was of the latter my current situation i was dealing with uh, an ex-girlfriend at the time that um uh, has a condition of uh, being bipolar. Um, it's not something that we we sheltered her from in the relationship or anything. It's something that we both knew about, and she was taking medications. Uh, but long story short, uh, she wanted to make me think that she was pregnant, um, and she started making these moves and taking prenatal vitamins and all these 
twisted things from a place of trauma, mind you, because um, she didn't want to lose me. She's trying to figure out yeah. ways to keep me. This is all happening while I'm getting to know her, telling her that it'd be nice to get to know you, but this is the parameter I have to set. These are the boundaries I have to set because I cannot be engaged with one person and then attempt to en engage in the same manner with another. Well, you are so afraid. There was so much up in the air for him at that time. And this was like, we had just started talking and then she kind of came in and started acting out in this way. Right. But what I think is really cool about it, Michelle, is that, you know, like you said, like there's this subconscious asking, right? And Anton had never had someone just show up for him in friendship the way that I was able to do when we first were dating and talking. I mean, we, we did kind of have to put things on hold for a while. And I said, okay, you know, it, that was really hard, you know, because I wanted what I wanted. I wanted the outcome, right? But I was able to just kind of say, you know what, no matter what the outcome, I just genuinely dig this person. Mm -hmm. I like being around him. I want to be his friend, even if that's all it is. And I just care. I don't know mm -hmm. why, but I really care about him. And so he would call me like, you know, and he's, he, now it's like the roles are reversed. And I think he's usually in, in, in this other role that I was sort of filling. But at that point in time, I was really holding space for him on the phone, just kind of being that support, talking every day. Um, and I that, that ask for you, maybe yeah. on the inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you, you came from a place of, I'm here for you as a friend. I think that's a great place to start. In relationship, my, my fiance and I definitely started as friends because we didn't see each other in that light because he had a girlfriend when I first met him. And so what help, helped with that is I showed up for him as a friend. I was there for him. He'd call me to complain or to ask for support. Just as a friend, we go out. And it was like we developed such a good foundation to our relationship. So even now, we've been together four years when we talk about what's the best thing about a relationship it is our friendship it's always our friendship and that's what you started with different it's levels like mm -hmm. uh that's what a lot of couples don't understand is um you can have a heavy weighted level of your relationship with a person that means that the meat of it is comprised of just talking about uh the universe and then when you have sex it's like there's no chemistry or when you go out on a mm -hmm. date there's no chemistry it doesn't mean that there's nothing there it just means that pay attention to the different levels of your relationship that actually needs work and if one person is uncomfortable with it with doing that going on a date or anything of the latter normally it's sex is the the easiest thing to have most weight on but anything else outside of that make sure your levels are getting the attention that they need and if someone's uncomfortable like dive into that because that that's well, that's, that's a great point it's like you you have different levels to your relationship right. Well, then let's ask that question about what do you think a soulmate relationship is then? Because soulmate relationships, that's another reason I'm doing this podcast is so many people have debates on what soul, soulmates are. And so I want to know what you believe a soulmate relationship is. I believe, first of all, number one, I believe that uh, twin flame, soulmate, some weird non-tangible thing of tying people together and tethering. There is that, yes. But the weight that people put on it. Mm -hmm. I, I believe needs to be pulled back a little bit because what happens when you start applying things like tethering and soulmate and, and twin flame, you start to not allow yourself with the way people are feeling about it, the charges around it. You start limiting all sorts of aspects of yourself in order to 
make it work or I'm wrong or this isn't working because this and you do you actually know like sure you know because how you feel but that's the that's the the start and the end of it it's not how you feel and then I go to talk to this guru and then they tell me that they're my soulmate Mm. sure but let's be honest right is it actually just opinion you don't have to be logical about it but you can feel through it because logic isn't going to get you anywhere with that anyway so my opinion on on soulmates and stuff is Yes, I feel like Julia is my soulmate, but my inner children feel like she's my soulmate because she hasn't left yet. So there's a, sha- mm-hmm. there's a light and a shadow to it. And that's mm-hmm. the God, God honest truth. I'm not going to talk to my inner children or negate them and say honest. that they are wrong for just, mm-hmm. just prizing Julia on if she leaves mm-hmm. because that's my trauma. So I have to respect them. And then in my adult self and my higher vision, I have to say, yes, she is my soulmate because I own our relationship. I own her as my soulmate. I own her as a person, things of that nature. So when you apply soulmate and twin uh, flame and all this, these other ways to tell, they're actually more restricting. Mm-hmm. In my, well, in my- I think if I've heard people say, well, you know, at some, you know, they went to a meditation retreat and they were told like through some psychic or something like your soulmate is actually on another planet and you'll never meet. And it's right. just like, oh, well, well, forget it. I'll just stay with this person. My goodness. Right. Yeah. See, and that's, like, like, that's not good. I don't think, cause I don't think that'd so be sad. <laughs> it's so limiting, Michelle. And so right. much of what you teach and what you share on this podcast is about our power as creators. Right. So, right, right, right. The, the, the idea that there's only one and that, you know, this person, this, you know, twin flame or this soulmate, it has to work in this specific way with this specific person. It's limiting us in that it's disallowing our free will and our power as creators, because yes, we have agreements on other planes. This is my personal perspective and opinion on more of a metaphysical, you know, end of things. We have soul contracts with people, right? Like there is that element, um, you know, that we may have decided on another plane that we're going to meet and that sort of thing. But we also always have free will. Free will is an absolute of, of the human experience. And so things can always change. Contracts mm-hmm. can be revised, you know, and I fully believe that, you know, there are many, there are multiple, multiple timelines and potentials for each person. So really your soulmate is like when you're ready and you're really like, you're really committing to the path with that person. It could almost be anybody, you know, that, that aligns with you. Align, yeah. So it could be more about alignment then. I mean, that's something you, 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 you come into the greatest version of you, which is not perfect, but it is the greatest, most authentic version of you. And then you can, to me, that's the like attract like energy. That's law of attraction. Then there are two souls that meet. And I believe that's a soulmate relationship. Now, is that something like we are doing this lifetime after lifetime? I like to believe that because my, my sweetie, my soulmate, I hope I am with him forever and ever and ever, (laughs) but I don't know. And I think it's important though, for people who are hearing this, especially people who may have found the love of their life and they died. And they're like, so what? I'll never have love again. I don't believe that. I believe there's we have opportunities to connect with people all the time. I connect with, with women. My mom is my soulmate. I, my cat was my soulmate. You can look at it in that way, but I, it's interesting to get your perspective too, because that's why these interviews are so golden to me because I'm starting to see patterns of what it could look like and different opinions on it. And there's a lot of people who 
really get um, upset about the idea of twin flames and soulmates because of what you're saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think if it's a label that serves someone, like, okay, great, like more power to you. Like if that really is something that it's like this, I, I identify with this and it's helpful to me in some way. I do, I mean, I, I will definitely say Antoine is my soulmate, like 100%. So what qualities do you love about your relationship then? Maybe that's a better oh. question. What's that? I love that question. What, what qualities do you like about your relationship? Oh, um, we're so aligned on so many but things. Before sure. before we get there, I just have to something is channeling through me about uh, yeah. the situation when people in soulmate situations where they're trying to uh, make sure that that person is their soulmate. There's a difference between um, wanting something and loving something. So. Uh, for example, uh, a person might stay in a situation because mm. they love the way a person makes them feel when if the love that you're waiting for in a relationship is dependent on a situation, time, place, it's not for you. Mm. Love is just as abundant and bountiful as the air is, and it you can feel it everywhere that's why people don't attach to people sometimes people attach to nature and other things because they can feel that unconditional love mm. and animals and other things or so, food right they can have this delicious like piece of chocolate and they're like oh my god i'm so in love like that feeling yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah. so so my message is is if you're in a relationship where your your love or what you want to feel and you only get it sometimes and you're waiting for this person to change mm -hmm. you're waiting for this next class you're waiting for this next therapy session with your I'm not saying don't do it but look at the the energy expenditure mm -hmm. and look at how mm -hmm. the small things in your life that do love or that do love you or you do love that are very easy why can't you have that with the person that it seems like yeah. fighting tooth and nail to get to so yeah, well, I just that I just felt like I needed to say that. That would be maybe mm -hmm. one of my number one qualities that I love about our relationship that right. really surprised me is just how easy it is. It is just mm -hmm. so much. Yeah, Juan described it in the in the beginning, like we were two streams that were just kind of flowing, and we just mm -hmm. easily sort of met in the middle, and you know, right. kind of merged into one stream. We were going yeah. the same but direction. We were always so easy. We, the yeah. stream was always running. It's just it was covered. And we were walking all over it. And then finally we got to the end and then we see that the water's like already, it's been, it's been moving. That's what it feels like. The love that we have is like, not something that had to be, it's weird. We didn't have to create it. Normally with other relationships, it's like testing phase. We're in beta uh, and now we're in alpha. I just, <laughs> you know, we just kissed. That means I can hold your hand. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very like tactical, uh -huh. but with Julia, it was, it's just seemed like, uh, it was already really there. organic. Yeah. yeah, really organic. Just sort of falling into something. There's this level of ease. There's so so much compatibility for me, like the 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 dependability that you were kind of talking about in, yeah. in terms of like the abundance of love and how it's just always there. It's like there is never any fear um, because he never gave gave me any indication that this would happen. Mm -hmm. you know, that he would pull away from me. That he would, you know hurt me that he would leave it's like the the fear that i experienced in past relationships just isn't there instead there's like this deep trust and commitment 
And I was just going to say trust is probably a very difficult thing to have if you've grown up with abuse. And I know you talk a lot about that on your, your Facebook channel, because a lot of people who've been through um, bad relationship or like you having severe abuse as a child, you have very hard time trusting. And yet, and, uh, and I'm going to go back to the soulmate relationship because I, I, I personally do believe in it. So I'm going to stick with that claim. And I know you guys do too, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But if you, if you, um, but in this relationship, it, it, it allows you that, that opportunity to heal that trust that was so broken. Yeah. And a soulmate relationship comes into your life to help you heal those old wounds because they love you so, and that's the key. They love you so unconditionally. They can hold that space for you. So if you're falling apart, like you guys admitted, you, you have your moments, they stay with you and go, it's okay, baby. I'm not you. It's okay. And that's, that's huge. Cause I think we come, we need to heal these wounds. That's, I think that's part of our life path is to become to a place of unconditional love and forgiveness. Right? Absolutely. And what I love to say too, is that like we heal from relational trauma, you know, which is any kind of trauma that happened like with our parents or families or relationships in the past, we heal from that, not by ourselves, but in relationship. That's yeah. how we heal. It. Absolutely. We it's the best place to heal, isn't it? Is it? The best place, yes. And what I want to say too is that like sometimes um, other relationships, like you spoke about your cat and your mom, you know, for me, my first secure attachment with a person was probably my therapist, you know? And, yeah. and then from there, like really, you know, learning to trust in different ways, going slowly, letting friends in, you know? Um, <clears throat> until I was really ready to open my heart because I was clear enough on my discernment and my capacity to choose someone and, and, and make choices to keep myself safe. So it really actually, Michelle, I think it comes down to um, self-trust as well. You know, it's like if you can't trust other people, a lot of times the core of that is I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to know who someone is, you mm -hmm. know, to make the choices for myself, to keep myself safe. So when I, when I started to um, align with more self-trust, uh, it was, it was much easier for me to trust in, in a relationship with and I get that a lot with people saying that they first had to love themselves before they're able to attract love into their life because the missing key is loving. But I love the trust too, because again, you have such experience around not having trust and to all those people are listening to know you can build that again. You can have trust. You can have that soulmate relationship. You can have someone who will help you heal your wounds. You can have that um, person who will love your imperfections still. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and love really, you know, if I, if I were to break down kind of a, a definition of it for myself, it's like, you know, there are two movements in the universe. There's pulling something close, that's love. And then there's pushing something away. That's more like fear, right? Mm -hmm. So the vibration of love is really just pulling your, your, yourself close to you. Right. So I think people have this, mm -hmm. um, it's like this kind of vague concept a lot of the time for people. And it's like, they think that it means that they should just feel amazing about themselves all day, every day. And just, you know, like, and it's not necessarily that in my opinion, it's, it's, it's like I was saying that commitment to stay with me, you know, to mm. keep pulling myself close, even the parts of me that don't love me yet. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, can you love those parts of you. Can you um, find compassion? 
for those aspects of you and for, for what you call the mess, right? <laughs> can you mm-hmm. look mess? Can you, can you, and, and by that, I mean, can you like contain the mess? Can you be okay with that? That that's who mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. You know, that's, that's when I was able to align with someone who, again, like, can love me like that will always pull me close and will never push me away. Yeah. And beautiful. I didn't fully love myself before I met Julia, not at all. I just actually got better at my boundaries. And um, Mm. what happened was the the cliche saying that everyone says did happen to me. And that's, that's a contributing factor to how I met Julia. It did happen when I least expected. Julia at the time was a reasonable if it didn't work out, it didn't work out in the okayness of my whole being. Mm-hmm. And I had to have that because every yeah. other relationship yeah. and every other person, there was so much charge. So how much money my dad might say, my mom might say it's, it has nothing to do with the relationship. So the problem is, is that, uh, I didn't actually add that weight on. Cause I couldn't, I, I literally was emotionally exhausted. Julia met me when I was emotionally exhausted. Mm-hmm. She got the bare minimum of what I had. And to her, that was enough. She got more than enough. <laughs> yeah. And she got kind of like the beaten up me, but also, uh, the, my, my boundaries were so strong that she didn't push me away from uh, herself. Even when I had those boundaries. So for me, it wasn't like full self love. It just was like, Win or lose, it's me or me. It's me when I wake up. It's me when I go to sleep. I, I have to stay guarded in a sense. Like, I was guarded. Like, being guarded and having your walls up, you can do everything that you can to, like, validate why they're up or knock them down when you meet the right person. But ex- examine why those walls and well, why those walls are up. That's what's more important. Why? Not, right. I'm always going to be this way. There's nothing wrong with you in the first place. So right. for me... self-love it wasn't self-correction no it was actually just I I mean I love myself but it was from a defensive place maybe self-acceptance you accepted where you were at that moment maybe that was complete acceptance yeah that could be be true and and what I what I noticed about and I don't want to totally speak for you but I just really feel um you know on our second date, Antoine wore this hat that said F what people think, except it was actually the F word, um, what people <laughs> think. And I, and I remember I had a conversation with him about it because I loved it. And right. what, one of the things that attracted me most to Antoine initially, actually, was that he was so self-allegiant, you know, and, and there are so many different branches on the tree of self-love, right? There's self-allegiance, there's like self-acceptance, there's self-care, um, whatever. He had this quality about him where it was like, I am going to speak my truth. I am going to be 100% myself, Uh even if it's like not something that's real savory, even regardless of how you respond to it. I'm just me. Uh And I think even for me, that was what was so attractive and so beautiful about him. And I think even the place that he was in, in his life and just being so raw and being able to be so honest about that, like, Uh Hey, this is me. I'm not, you know, on cloud nine all the time. Like, this is a situation I have going on in my life and it's hard. It was like, oh, you know, this is someone I can really connect to. And and that self-allegiance, I think, also probably made you. And and I was in a similar place, you know. I I was in this Mm -hmm. place where I had decided 
this was right after I had kind of decided to let go of so we're like, ties to my birth family. Choose ourselves. And choose, choose yourself and then choose each other and you know it was like it was like because you yeah, know you know my story michelle but it's uh -huh. like they they weren't um aren't in a place where they're able to acknowledge the abuse that happened and so we can't heal together and so my boundary was like i i can't have people in my life anymore that will stifle my expression of my truth mm -hmm. like i'm not doing it and this real self-protective part sort of came over me that i was like Win or lose, it's me and me, yeah, right? You know, it's a very you know, similar kind of place. you don't have any boundaries, you're, you're going to be acting out in all kinds of ways. You're going to be trying to validate why they said that and you didn't respond and did you answer the text backs. And it, it, when you don't have any internal, because I coach this, internal boundaries, mm -hmm. that's what creates the, because um, you don't have any ground to stand on. So mm -hmm. everything is a middle, everything is a problem, and everything is good all at the same time. And But in your day, you pick and choose which direction you want to you want yeah. to go having any boundaries is what sets that up i think it's amazing though if like standing outside listening to you guys you absolutely are the perfect match like you you Julie, you came into antoine's life exactly like you're like okay i broke from my family i need to like have these boundaries like I, yeah. i'm like I stepped out okay boundary time and here's antoine who's wearing this hat and you're like <laughs> Oh my God, that's exactly what I need. And the universe says it's okay. It's almost like a sign, I think. Like, Julia, we got you. We got you. Yeah, so, got well, I have to, yeah, well, I need to wrap this up. But one thing I want you to do, if you can each share one piece of advice, if you can briefly share what you give to someone who is single and looking for love. Don't give up hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's, that's where people go wrong. And I think there's there's so much that, can be said, people think they have to try real hard, you know, try real hard at manifesting or doing the shadow work or whatever. And people forget that the most powerful creative force in the universe is desire, you know, as you know, and as you teach. And so if you have that desire in your heart, it's because it is meant to be yep. yours. You know, yep. and any experience that you have is preparing you. I had so many experiences um, that prepared me for Antoine that were not necessarily, you know, the most pleasant while I was going through them. But, you know, just trust and believe that if you follow the next right step on your path, and that is the desire that you're moving towards, you will have it. It can't not happen. Yeah. Just keep going. That's true. I love it. What about you, Antoine? In terms of finding a partner and being aligned, aligned to a partner, awareness is probably going to be more important than process work. When someone's looking for a partner, they're going to go inside and try to fix everything wrong with them, especially listening to uh, the secret and law of manifestation and things of that nature. So my advice is to be more aware of the, the parts of you that are making it wrong that you're single in the first place. Start there. Mm -hmm. By no means alter or change anything about yourself in result to be in a relationship. Being in a relationship will not fix you. Right, no. Being single will not fix you. It's most likely that most of us, if not all of us, will pass away not fixed. This is, 
That's so true. That's true. I mean, because there's nothing to really fix, you know. I know. That's true. That's true. None of us are broken. It's a myth. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. Julia, you have an amazing Facebook channel. Can you share that with people? Because you offer so much advice on relationships, and especially people who are listening who've been through abuse, who've had traumatic past, you need to join her channel. Mm, yes thank you so much michelle yes and if and if that is you like you can absolutely heal and have a complete 180 as much pain or abuse as you experienced in your relationships in your past is as much joy and fulfillment and love and belonging and safety as you can have you know moving forward as an adult so you can check out my youtube channel it's julia phoenix 11 11 is spelled out like the word on YouTube. Um, on Facebook, you can find me as Julia Phoenix. Uh, on Instagram, at Julia Phoenix 11. And uh, my website is juliaphoenix11.com. You know, and if, and if you're interested in having a chat with me or, you know, working with Antoine and I doing some couples coaching, you can click the button on the website that says I'm ready, ready to, to start. start. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much guys for taking this time. I'd love to have both of you together and hear your story. And it's so nice to meet you, Antoine. Again, I talk to Julia every week and I always hear about you and I hear about how great you are. So it's nice. I'm, in, I'm always in the ethers. You are. I'm like, I know you're around somewhere because she'll be talking to beyond the computer. And I'm like, I think he's behind the computer, but, I don't know. <laughs> but thank you so much. And I really appreciate you guys being here. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening. If you have a soulmate relationship that you want to share your story on my podcast, I would love to hear from you. Just go to my website at michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And please reach out to me, connect with me in social media and wherever. Please connect with Julia. Again, amazing stuff. She does Facebook Live. I keep bragging about her, but she is my girl. She's my girl. So... Thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful day and happy manifesting. Thank you again for listening and joining me on my podcast. If you want to learn more about me, please go to my website at michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And on there, I have lots of goodies, including guided meditations and inspirational posts and blogs. And of course, I'm here to help you as your coach. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.